Uh, hey everybody, Scooter, I'm back, uh, and I'm here to present things with for Claude Neon, and Claude said, you know, I'm a reporter, so set it up for me, Scoots. And I said, what, what did you report before you leaked this? Uh, and he said, set it up for me, Scoot. I said, okay, Claude, you got it. Uh, so those of you that just stumbled across this, we have a few episodes, four episodes before this. Uh, it's a tale of Roberta Gloss who took over for Santa Claus. It was ostensibly pushed out by society due to them society not being ready for a woman to be Santa Claus. And, pro- and also a variety of other reasons, including uh, evil plotting by a mysterious force called Secret Santa. A reporter brought us a story, uh, Claude Neon, and he's been tracking Roberta Gloss. As she's contemplated, can Christmas be saved or not? And she's traveled the world in search of saving Christmas, I think. And she's had a few trials, but the main thing was she got to the North Pole, where she thought a secret Santa had taken over or something. And lo and behold, at the end of the last episode, we found out that our villain was Mrs. Gloss. Uh, Santa's wife or his widow at this point. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to present Claudine on reports. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Claudine on reporting for Sleep With Me podcast. And to the ladies and gentlemen, to say that I've been, to, to say that I'm freaked out, to say that what has happened has been unexpected. Uh, to say that Claude Neon's, as a reporter, that my mind has been blown. Uh, all those things are true for, uh, as I file, uh, as I file this re- coming up report, I, I still, still my brain is trying to catch up with, with what has happened. All the talking, all the exposition, ladies and gentlemen, it's beyond comp- comprehension a bit, but it's not, you know, nothing to worry about. Uh, maybe to wonder about. For as we sat in this throne room in front of, uh, in front of Mrs. Claus, I was stunned that she, she seemed, for, for a minute I was stunned to see that it was, it was a villain behind the curtain, the Christmas curtain, under the wrapping paper, under the tree. Whatever, maybe Scooter's better at the metaphors. I do the reporting. Scooter does the pointless metaphors, folks. But I, 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 I broke uh, protocol. I said, I, I can't believe this, Mrs. Claus. I'm, I'm stunned. And, and in deep inside, I did not know she knew how close I felt to Santa. And I knew I could no longer keep myself separated from the story as I, you know, decided to in- engage with her. And I said, she said, not, I said, now I feel, but I, I did not realize it at the time, but I felt, I feel a little bit like I was on near, nowhere on near Mike Wallace's level, but maybe all those years of looking up to Mike Wallace. But anyway, I'm pulling a scooter here. I'm distracted from the story at hand, the story to be told, which was that Mrs. Claus was secret, Santa's secret, secret Santa. Uh, spreading uh, fear throughout, throughout the children of the world that, uh, you know, naughty children would not get gifts and they would get not get coal either. 
in some veiled uh, threat to be worried if you weren't a perfect child. And I said, Mrs. Kulas, I can't believe your behavior. I, I'm, I'm shocked. And if I had the wherewithal, I would tear uh, that white fur from your suit, ma'am. And she laughed at me in an amused way, slightly demeaning. But as, as she had asked me and Roberta about her, I could not imagine uh, but, you know, the need to demean us anymore. And I said to her, why, 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 Mrs. Kloss? And I wish I had a steno pad, but luckily Claude Neon has a memory that is uh, like a, like a ice carving at the North Pole. It's not going anywhere. And she laughed and she said, well, what do you think, Claude? Uh, do you think it's the most obvious answer? It isn't that what you be, be reporters usually... And I said, no, ma'am, that's the police that say it's the most obvious answer. And she said, well, you'd learn something. And I said, Mrs. Gloss, I want an answer from you. I deserve it. The children of the world deserve it, and I'll be filing a report that says so. And she said, is that what you think, Claude? Because you will be filing a report to let them know. And she said, well, you, you might think it's the obvious answer. Which is, and I said, Mrs. Claude, and she said, Claude, humor me. And I stood there, I tried the old uh, extra silence technique, and she read me like she read, but you know, a Christmas, you know, book or something. I don't know what Mrs. You know, there's not a lot of Mrs. Claude's backstory, and now I know why. She said, I know what you're thinking, Claude, that I grew tired of sitting by Santa's side. All these years just waiting, uh, slowly growing more and more jealous of Christmas, because Santa loved Christmas much more than I. In his love of Christmas and children's smiles and bringing joy to the children of the world, I uh, seemed limitless, but then he would, you know, spend a little time. Now, now that's what you're thinking, Claude. And that would be... True in some sense, but nowhere near the whole story. And that's when, as a reporter, ladies and gentlemen, I said, holy mackerel, I'm onto something now. And also, uh, and, uh, something grew in me and turned in my gut, uh, irritation, much more than that. But, I, you know, I know this is a sleep podcast and I sensed something was even more amiss than we had thought the whole time. She said, Claude, you see, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, not long after this Santa, and we don't have time to explain all that, but this current Santa that just passed, my husband, a few years after he became Santa, I used to go by another name, Claude. And I live not far from here, in a place called Iceland, Claude. But I was known across the world. You see, my first name is Gryla, Gryla Claus. And I was known throughout the world, Claude, as the Christmas crone. 
And then Roberta biped it. She said the Christmas troll. Oh, Claude, she was the Christmas troll. Yes, Claude, I, I did have three heads and uh, and horns like a goat and a long scraggly beard. And it was twisty and it connected to, it was strange, Claude. Many people would say I was frightening, but I wasn't a, a scary monster despite the fact that my beard was connected to my earlobes. And I shuddered at that fact. Some people would even pity me. And I had nice, long, long thing fingernails and a Christmas time god in the time leading up to Christmas. I would prepare for my winter hibernation, and I would travel the world before Santa made his journey and I would visit the naughty children, Claude. And I had a reputation that preceded me. But all I was there to do, Claude, was to, to prepare. I would uh, partake in the shame of the children. I would, I would, uh, would take that energy from them. I, I would stir it up as well, of course. Uh, for they always knew that Grilo was coming. Shame, shame, you know, it was, in, it was in tongues that you don't understand, Claude, but in a different time, when children knew they were naughty, and it changed how they behaved, Claude. So I would prepare for my post-holiday slumber by traveling the world before Christmas, paving the way for Santa in some way, but he did not appreciate my work one bit. And Roberta said, you just didn't fe feast on the shame of children. She said, you caused the shame of children. And Grass said, Roberta, 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 I'm trying to help Claude with this little report. Now, when Santa started to learn more and more about me, Claude, he tried all these little tricks to catch me and tried to leave me gifts and he said, oh, if we fix your teeth, you see, I had cold teeth, you know, a bit, a bit uncomfortable. Perfect for, for consuming shame, though. You know, charcoal filtered and the like. But, but he, said, he said he would fix my teeth. And he said, reason with me. Let me see into your heart, Gryla, and give you what you need. And I said, I know what I need. I need these children to behave. I can't rest until they're full of sh And then she, she corrected herself, and Roberto looked at me. But, but Santa could not get me to change my ways. He, he put up a good fight. But none of it would stop me, Claude. I, I, was, I, became, I was hungry every winter. And the children needed me. They still need me, Claude. That's why I'm here. Because I care. I have an important purpose, just like Santa or Roberta has, Claude. Just like you have a purpose to report uh, the truth in quotes. You know, we all need to help the children behave. You know, you all need me, Claude. But Santa, he didn't see. He didn't see that. We couldn't see eye to eyes. Hey, did you get that, Claude? That was. I'm not a very much of a joker. We couldn't see. I. I have three. You know, at the time, I had three heads. But one winter, Claude, after I had fallen into my deep uh, slumber, 
uh, Santa found my little hiding spot, my little little hyper lair, as I like to say. I was having my winter's nap, and he would come and sit by my bedside, and he would come into the my dreams, and he would show me a world of kindness and joy. And over and over every night, and I said, he must have been exhausted for, for you know, I slept all the time. He was showing me smiling faces of children and children doing nice things for children. Adults doing nice things for children. And I slept all, well, most of the time, God. And he would sit there and when he wasn't in my dreams, he would tell me stories about nice things he did and how good it made him feel, about the looks on children when they would catch him under the tree, about the time a mother really did kiss Santa Claus. And he watched me as I slept every time, and he would compliment my my beautiful hair or my big... He said I, he would talk about my bunions and name them... He would tell tales of my twisty, twisty fingernails and my strange, hairy earlobes. Santa would kind of, he, he was quite a funny man, the Santa Claus. But he was a misguided man, Claude. And in some sense, he was a blind man. So I sat there with his Christmas joy week after week through the winter through the spring and into the summer and I slept and I slept and he taught me and he taught me and then one day he said Grail I have to take care of something I'll be back in a few days you dream and I'll return and when he returned Claude a few days later I was gone and I I, 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 I was stunned I was trying to process this tale she was telling me and I looked over at Roberta Claus and Roberta Claus was riveted as she it seemed like she was putting the pieces together right as Gryla was speaking them and then Gryla picked back up and, and Claude when Santa returned, uh, in my place was a beautiful young woman. The cave was not empty, Claude. And Santa, as I said, he, he, he may have, you would say, oh, no, he's not an ego. He just loves Christmas. Or he just loves children. But he was a man with vision, Claude. You can't just pick anyone to be Santa Claus. And that comment hung in the room for a minute. But he was blinded by his vision and, and his uh, sense of power, and he thought he had changed me. And he did, at first he didn't believe it. He walked around, and he studied me sleeping. And I had made sure I fell right back into a deep slumber. And he walked around, and he looked at my face, and he told me stories, and he checked the cave, and he talked to the rabbits and squirrels that lived nearby. Had anyone left this cave or entered this cave? No. 
Now, I, I could ward them off, of course, so they weren't coming in and getting into my business inside the cave, Claude. But finally, Santa thought that how powerful was this Christmas joy to bring him something, because being Santa is a lonely business, Claude. It's full of all these moments going out to other people's families and helping them, especially a bachelor Santa, as this one was. So he finally thought that he had gotten what he had wanted, and his power of goodness and kindness in wanting to help me, you know, blah, 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 Claude. It's the same story. And he bought right into it. And Roberta cleared her throat. Said, but it was all a ruse. It wasn't real. Oh, it was real, Roberta. It was a plan, a long-term plan to save Christmas from this man. This misguided Santa Claus. He was in the middle of... The Santa and the ones before him, or the, particularly the one right before him, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into the classifications, but it was this long, slow decline that we can see in the world around us. It was a long, slow decline into sentimentality, consumerism, and mush And Roberta started to pace. And she said, and that's a convenient way to view things, Gorilla. Since you depend on children feeling bad about themselves, you don't have any time for sentiment or mush, as you call it. Roberta, this Santa's Christmas was rotten at the core. A core he had crowded, he tried to crowd out everything. Everything that didn't match his vision. But right at the core, there was just a little rut. A little stagnation waiting for room to grow. But anyway, you know, I, I, uh, the time is nigh, as they say, Roberta and Claude. And I, I, I have many, many things to do. So I have to get moving. My assistants are just out there starting to do my work. And they're going to start this Christmas with our long game to save things and to fix things. So they're going to start letting the children of the world know throughout their nights, just like Santa did for me. He showed me the way. All those naughty children are going to know why Santa isn't coming this year. Why Roberta Claus couldn't handle the load. My little helpers will be whispering that in their ears. So they remember. And then it was Roberta's turn to laugh. And I was, I, I was surprised. I said, is she laughing like Scooter laughs when she's uncomfortable? But she seemed to be laughing a cool laugh as she looked Grylla up and down. And I kept waiting for Grylla to change back from a, 
It was like, I didn't see her as a kindly old woman anymore. A bit like Scooter's piano teacher, as he, you know, but I heard she was a really nice lady. But anyway, Roberta laughed. And when Roberta concluded her laughing, she said, Elves on the shelf, Gryla. A little obvious and a little heavy-handed, if you ask me, don't you think? Well, don't worry, Gryla, because I figured that one out. And your little elves on the shelf are being dealt with as we speak. Oh, Roberta, well, are they my elves or your elves or... Your elves once and now mine. What are you going to do with them? Since they once belonged to you, but now they belong to me. And that stumped Roberta. And she breathed. And Gryla said, Don't you notice how quiet it is here, Roberta? Where did all your little elves go? Well, I'll tell you where I used the little Christmas magic and a little bit of their own mechanical knowledge to change them into one thing that I needed. And I'm sure your spackle and his little forest elves and his jungle elves and his riparian elves and his woods elves and his, you know, bush elves or whatever elves you're using... You can take the elves off the shelf, Roberta. It's not going to help things in the long term. So bravo, but I'm going to give you a count of ten now, Roberta. And you can decide between your blind allegiance to Santa Claus and Christmas and your old allegiance to science and humanity. You can hold on to the old way of doing things. Or you can be a part of the new Christmas where, as you've seen, Roberta, the good are starting to do more good. And at some point, the bad will start to change their ways. And shame and guilt can help power the northern star, as you know it, Roberta, that gives us all the power here. And science can use that power to do real good work, Roberta to really help people clean water and really hungry people. There's unlimited power, Roberta. Why don't we use it together? And even I was, I, I, I started to wonder. I was confused and, 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 and I had such a deep dislike for this Gryla. I don't even think she deserves to be called Kloss. And Roberta, she bowed her head and she's just saying, no, uh, no. And then Gryla let out a cackle. And she said, and I'll, I'll spare you the cackle. And she said, yes, Roberta, that was Santa's real secret, not me. Santa squandered the power of the North Pole, Roberta, jaunting around on Christmas Eve, giving presents mostly to the children of the first world. And Roberta, she, she choked back a few cries, and she said, No, this can't be true. This can't be the Santa I know. Either he, he couldn't have known this, or you're lying. And Gryla said, Listen to your gut, Roberta. 
Oh, and by the way, time's up for your decision. I've been counting the whole time I've been talking. And Roberta said, that's impossible. Scientifically impossible. And Grilo said, not with the power of the North Pole, Roberta. So what's your choice, Roberta? And Roberta Claus said, I, I will not be forced to choose. I don't believe you. And Grilo just laughed. And she said, well, I guess I'll be on my way then, Roberta. You have fun with your Christmas memories here at the North Pole. Oh, by the way, I was listening to your conversation with Claude about Krampus and how he was too pop culture to, you know, be a threat to you to you and Christmas because he's too well known. Uh, I, I just wanted to let you know that was a mistake. Uh, you know, even though the movie launched, all the theaters were launched. And all the little Halloween costumes of Krampus and the Krampus playing cards and the hipsters with the Krampus-style beards, Roberta. They're all going to be starting to become Krampuses very, very soon. So you better get on your way if you're going to stop them. And I'll be on my way. Well, actually, I already am on my way. We've taken the North Star, the, the heart of the North Pole. And all the power that comes with, we've been working for years, you know, Santa Central. Anyway, Roberta, so I'll I'll be going. And maybe you should get on your way, too, if you're going to save Christmas. I hear your reindeer coming. And there on the roof was a cloppity-clop-clop for Spackle. It was supposed to break the, uh, the reindeer out of the Dusseldorf Zoo and replace them with identically looking, you know, people are like, they don't know, you know, flying reindeer from a regular reindeer, of course. And Spackle at Road Dasher. Maybe Spackle said he, I think Spackle preferred to answer. It's uh, totally off the subject, but Spackle said we had talked about it. We had actually argued about it. I know this is the worst time, but. It was my idea, if just in case there's ever anything written about this, Claude Neon wants you to know the truth was it was my idea to ride a dancer, singing Tiny Dancer, and saying, you know, I'm all, you know, and try, I, try, I said, did the reindeer talk? And Speckles didn't know. Speckles said, right, right, right. And I said, oh, yeah, you're not a North Pole elf. I forgot, Speckles. What do you think? And I said, I'm going to ride dancer and sing tiny. And then Spackle said, and I knew he was up there on the roof on dancer. But I guess he more mumbled, you know, you know, tiny dancer. So, and then, and then, uh, Roberta said, Claude, it's been, oh, it's been done before. Almost famous. Just get over it. Think up a new reindeer song. And then I tried. I said, Dasher, that's not a Christmas song. I said, Roberta, I mean, sometimes when you're flying across the world in a sleigh, you know, there's got to be some casual conversations. And, we, you know, we made a list of songs, but I still felt like Tiny Dancer was the best one. Uh, anyway, because I, I was trying to think if I could think any new ones. Because I say, you know, Cupid would be, you know, or Comet. But it's still time. I said, man, that's what I want for Christmas, just in case anyone's listening. 
Claude Neon wants to ride Dance of the Reindeer. And, well, I wanted to be the first, but so I guess I won't be getting my Christmas gift. But anyway, back to the report that the reindeer had landed on the roof, and we were distracted for a minute. And Roberta was looking back and forth, and Gryla was slowly backing up, you know, Gryla Claus, Mrs. Claus. And Roberta seemed trapped, which she, she didn't know what to do, and, and overwhelmed. And I thought to myself, good gracious, how are we going to, you know, it's going to be exhausted. I said, well, we'll, we'll travel the world. We'll stop these Krampuses. It's a distraction. I think I did say this is a distraction, Roberta. She's trying to get away. And Roberta said, I know, Claude, but we got to protect the world from these stupid Krampuses. If they didn't, maybe the movies made them more believable. I thought they would make them less. And then she stopped. And there was a long pause. I could hear Roberta breathe in the silence. It was just, just a hint of, of nothing. I could almost hear the wind on the outside of the building, but I could not. And even Gryla stopped moving. The silence let her know more or less she was in trouble. And she turned and looked at Roberta Colossus. And Roberta said, I don't believe in you, Gryla. I don't believe in Krampuses going across the world. And she said, I don't believe. No, I know you don't want what's best for Christmas to the world. You just want what's best for you. And Gryla fell to one knee. And I'll be, you know, I'm reporting this. At the time, I was still a bit mixed up. I, I was not as quick on my feet as Roberta Claus was. But Roberta said, Gryla, we're going to have Christmas this year. And Roberta walked over to Gryla and helped her up off her knee. And then she took a step back and she said, We will have Christmas this year, Gryla. I believe in Christmas. So I'm going to get on those reindeer. I'm going to fix my sleigh. And I'm going to use the elves of the world and all the help I can because there's still more people that believe in Christmas, that believe in Santa, that believe in joy, than believe in you and believe in shame. And Gryla crossed her arms and said, Really, Roberta, you believe that? Well, good, good luck with that belief. And Roberta said, I know I can't defeat you. I'm aware now that you're here to put Christmas back in balance. Maybe, I don't know. But I'm not going to be distracted or spend any time believing in you or in anything you're saying, for it's all meant to twist me around and twist the children of the world around inside. And I think one day, Gryla, you'll realize what Santa was trying to teach you is we want the same thing. You're just a little sick inside. You're 
the rot at the core of Christmas, Skryla, in what you believe. So I'm going to have Christmas. I'm going to show the people of the world by example. And they can choose to believe in me or not. But they'll never stop hoping and believing for joy over shame. And sure, you'll have your leverage. And you can take the uh, uh, that giant pulsating star they had in the bunker, and, and I'm sure you put it in some lead line. You know, bring it wherever to your lair. Take all the power and the tools from the North Pole you need. Because if I have to start back at the beginning and rebuild Christmas one mush at a time, one piece of sentimentality at a time, I will, because it's not about just sentimentality or consumerism or nostalgia. It's about something much more than that. It is about a choice, and that's what you've taught me, Gryla. But it's a choice between helping and hurting. And yes, I will see what I could do with the power of the North Pole. Thank you for that idea. And as a matter of fact, I've met Bill Gates, and I will be seeing what he has to say, and the rest of the people of the world. And when Elon Musk gets his hands on uh, some of the North Pole technology, you better watch out if he launches an anti-shame satellite. So be off, Gryla. You're free to make your choices. I've already made mine. Merry Christmas. And there's already a gift that you're there for you, believe it or not. And Gryla slunk off. And Roberta turned to me and she said, Claude, you have a report to make. And then we have a Christmas Eve to prepare for. So this is Claude Neon reporting for Sleep With Me podcast. Good night. Okay, thank you for the email. and to thank Matt B. We are talking Steampipe Alley. I want to thank Christine H. for reaching out. I want to thank uh, my buddy over at Patreon. I don't know if she listens to podcasts. I want to thank Charlie, a.k.a. CJ. I want to thank Tara and Tara. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson. I want to thank Chris N. Now that I know for sure he listens to the podcast, thanks, Chris. And hopefully you're asleep and didn't wake you up. Ahab's wife, I want to thank you. Samara, I want to thank you. Cole and Aaron, thank you so much. Whitney, good night. Summer, good night. Uh, Tyler and Ashley, good night. Uh, Bay Area K, good night. Bonnie, good night. Bass, good night. Marcus, my friend, good night. Alexandra, good night. Catherine C, good night. Catherine B, good night. Talk about it. The year of the 2015, the year of the Catherines. That's my mom's name. Mary Catherine's my mom, though. Uh, Lisa K, good night. Uh, Jillian, good night. 
Catherine, Catherine, good night. Catherine B. Cass, Cass S. How about that for you? Put that in your cast and smoke it. And someone say, you want me to smoke a catheter, Scoots? No, 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 never mind. And you should have seen that one coming. Andy-tastic, good night. Amy, good night. And Amy's two friends, good night. Mario and David, good night. Andrew, Bex, good night. That's what I'm just calling you. Andy, good night. Bob C., good night. Patricia, good night. Sleep tight, Patricia. In this one, I promise I would try to pronounce this name. Arnor, Arnor, Ingi, Hafsteinson. Oh, the O makes an O sound. Arnor, Arnor. Maybe a silent R, you guys think? It's A-R-N-O-R with a tilde. Tilde, Arnor, Arnor, Ingi. Steinson. I think that might be it. We're close. Thank you. And, you know, thank you for being patient. Uh, Chiara, Ciara. There's some, you know, back-to-back names. Screw-ups with Scoots. Larissa. Good old Betty. Stevie H. Also a fan, just like me, a mystery show and 99% Invisible. Another Bex, Rebecca. Brittany, uh, Jennifer, and N.A. I feel like I'm missing somebody who had a nickname in the emails, but I can't find it. I apologize. I am neither a gentleman nor a saint. I always had a Lori S. Paul C. Goodnight. Brian C. Chevy. Catherine B. In another location. Stephen R. Ben S. Uh, Sarah B. My cousin Kevin F. TT, yeah, sorry, T and Sarah for that confusion of the video. I'm just looking at that, yeah, I screwed, screwed that up. It looks like it, you're right. I couldn't get a picture with Havisham, which would have been a dream come true. I think the last time I saw her was two years ago when I proposed to her. And, you know, we had an interplay. But she said, in the end, she said, I don't think I, you know, how it goes with me. Uh, Anastasia, 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 uh, Glenn R, Laura, Brad F, Fuzzy, there's another nickname, that one I got, Little Fuzzy Poo, you're having a tough time, I hope you're getting some rest now, uh, Babs, uh, Gretchen, Joel, Oh, this is, I thought this was clickbait, this sleep orgasm stuff. Turns out it wasn't because I read the article. And people uh, commented on it. But moving away from the article, I'm just going to thank people now unrelated to that article. Cynthia, Julie C., uh, Corey, Alexander, Joel D., Anya, Robin, Jennifer, Cammie, Stacy, Nancy, Ellen, Cheryl, Valine, Valine, Valine. I'm so bad with names. Oh, Scoot. Amy L., thank you and good night. Shelly S., good night. Lori S., good night. Julie R., Pat H., good night. 
over on Twitter. I want to say goodnight to Kate, C. Brown, River, Ashley A., uh, 621 Miranda, uh, K- Kenny Allen, uh, Joey K. He just had an article that came about the podcast. Uh, well, I guess I won't get to talk to her except in these thank yous after the holidays. Thanks, Joey. Bugs Not Funny, Sleeping in the Airport, Humming Days, Laughing at the Podcast. Thank you and good night. Uh, Lucia L., good night. Christy, good night. Beth T, good night. Mary Beth, good night. Ben M, good night. Kimberly A, good night. Kathleen W, good night. Babs again, good night. T, Wither and Bloom, good night. Sem Dude, chilling in, good night. Mike D, Lori B, good night. Oh, on the website, I want to thank Quincy and Joe for their responses. And Joe, I'll try to get you a proper recorded response there to all your questions. But thank you both for comments. Okay, iTunes reviews. I want to thank Ken N. This is a nice one here. Just the right amount of distraction. Scooters of Flying Spaghetti Monster send. Uh, dealing with chronic insomnia for two years. Wow, that's hard to struggle to get to sleep since racing mind. Wow, grief and anxiety. Wow, Ken, I'm touched that you're thanking me, uh, but I'm happy to help you. Uh, Right blend of distracting but not distracting enough to keep you awake. Uh, Mix of Bill Murray and Rick Moranis. Holy crapola. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Mary Beth writes, uh, podcast keeps getting better and better. Feel tucked in and safe at the dreamiest sleepover party. Thank you. Uh, 71 Baby. I think that was one of, that was a candy bar. I remember in the Mars lawsuit I had. New one with Roman Mars and the Mars Corporation. Or Wolf and Miss you say, but geez, you know, you're not an heir. Anyway, we don't want to get into the details because they're still sealed by the court. But that's one that they said impersonating a candy bar. And I said, Your Honor, uh, you know, it was like it was a 71 baby. That was actually the name of the can- one of the candy bars they claimed I was impersonating. And he said, it's a jump from 71 baby to baby Ruth. This has 71 different kinds of nuts in it, Your Honor. And, of course, the judge said, well, I only have one nut in my courthouse. And I said, no, because I have a baby Ruth in my pocket, you know, melted probably by now. But that's so I said, you know, that's, I don't know, there's only one. It's like, uh, and I said, there's no, you know, why is it called baby Ruth? There's neither. 71 baby. Your Honor, just let me tell you, explain to you, you know, hey, what kind of nuts you got? I got 71, baby. Right here, 71 Baby, the candy nut bar. That's nuts. How nuts is It's so nuts. It's got 71 nuts, baby. And I know you guys got an environmental, you know, it says there's not 71 nuts. I don't care. Anyway, that's that's nothing to do with poor 71 Baby who wrote a review. Believe it or not, it works. Thank you, 71 Baby. And sorry about the, you know, hopefully you don't get swept up in the, uh, you know, they just said, Scooter, a lot of people are like, can't you just issue a public apology, Scoots? And I say, you know, I think it's a pretty good idea. And they said, 
And they said, well, why did you have to dress up like a candy bar and sneak into the headquarters? And I, okay, anyway, I've got review. You know, I have a review. People thank you to do. Excuse me. Uh, lawsuit brain. Fantastic orange. Oh, boy, that's a whole nother. Remember those days, Scoots? We called ourselves the Fantastic Orange, and we tried to do orange magic tricks with oranges. Yeah, luckily that was when I was on the pre-K circus, so they went went over pretty well. You know, it was like a combination of Harlem Globetrotters and uh, and bad magic, but bad Harlem Globe, you know, with oranges. But that's the Fantastic Orange loves this podcast. Thank you. Uh Tazalon, Tazalon, that was another one, T-Salon, I, I, you know, I think someone already stole that, called it a Tazalon, and they said, well, and I said, just throw the Z in there, Tezalon, Tezalon, the hair salon where, you know, except I didn't have a business plan there, they said, what's your revenue source, and I said, doesn't it sound great, Tezalon, come to the Tezalon, and they said, actually, it's confusing, I said, okay, Gates, get off my lawn. Can't believe it, though. This Tesla's from Australia. Thank you. And this was recommended through another podcast. I'd love to hear which one. Wow, I, I got to thank the podcaster that recommended this podcast. I don't know if it was the funders from Down Under, because they have podcasts. Or who, I got to get to the bottom of that. But they were skeptical, and I loved that. Just like the investors in Tesla's. And, uh, but they, they said, oh, they were, they were becoming dependent on it. Well, just become, you know, lean on me. You don't need to depend on me. Just lean on me. You know, for it won't be long till my amusing amusements are gone. You know, and they say, okay. And then you can fall asleep fi- faster. And then never slept without the book says, now I can. They're from, they love this podcast, the tone, rhythm. That's great, but uh, actually, coming up here is the coolest kid in town who who says they don't like the podcast. Uh, they find me irritating and scratchy. Uh, but you know, they say, "Well, she's a kid," but they say maybe well, they're not totally mean. So, uh, thanks, coolest kid. You know, kind of. Uh, Kelly B. Scrumpshe, do we thank you guys already? I just want to double check. I think I thank Kelly B. Uh, but I want to thank you again. And then Scrumpshe. My favorite. You know, that was one of the, that was again, I think that was in the, that was in the, when the Wonka business sued me. And I said, Scrumpshe, I'm just, I, you know, I don't know. But thank you. Uh, so that's it for, for the thank yous right now. Thanks so much.